Welcome to Conversations for the Animals. I am Lisa Tynan with Houston Pet Set, and I am joined for our fourth and final installment of our webinar series by Laura Panino, who is founder and CEO of Panino and Partners, a fabulous local marketing and PR firm who we are lucky enough to have on today. So Today is the final installment of our kind of web series of informative webinar podcasts, helping rescues and really any nonprofit kind of with media and public relations. And so far, we've had three really great conversations. And today we're going to talk about the media. We're going to talk about being media ready and doing interviews and and training, helping train our rescue partners for putting their best foot forward, their best face forward. Um, so that they can promote the great work that they're doing. So thank you for joining me again, Laura. It is wonderful Happy to, to be have here. you. And if anyone, for the animals. For the animals. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Um, if anyone hasn't tuned in to our previous uh, episodes of this series, give us just a, a quick overview of Panino and Partners and, and you and, and how you got involved in this world. Sure. Um, so many, many decades ago before I was ever a thought my um, dad started rescuing racehorses off the track that nobody else wanted, and he was criticized for doing that because uh, all these horses were destined for the glue factory. Now it's more popular to rescue horses off the track. Um, but I came from a family that rescued everything, owls, ducks, chickens, hermit crabs, the whole thing. I love that. So I grew up with this um, love and compassion for animals. And I originally wanted to be a veterinarian, but um, uh, economics played a role in that. So I didn't pursue a veterinary medicine degree. Um, but I went on the other side um, of my love, which is writing, and that was journalism. And so I went to LSU, graduated from LSU, and um, started, a, started in the PR world um, in my mid-20s. And so after being with a big, big agency called Edelman PR, it's the largest of the large, I decided um, that I might need to start something on my own. Um, and my PR firm, Panino and Partners, um, we do work with clients and media all over the world. We are based in the Galveston, Houston area. And what is cool about our business is we are pet friendly. And as we speak, there are animals surrounding me. So <laughs> they are with us today. That's as it should be. I'm so jealous I don't have mine right now. So obviously you have a, a long and established history working in and with the media. So, you know, 2023 versus when you started, how has the media landscape changed? I mean, I, I have a feeling a lot of it is that 24-hour news cycle we're part of. Yeah, that is a lot of it. Um, there, What's interesting is, you know, the tools available, right? There are so many tools available, and yet... The human factor is the same. And sometimes um, people forget that, that there is a human factor in working with the media. Uh, there people might wonder why, you know, you might turn on a local TV newscast and you hear the same thing repeat in the next half hour, in the next hour, in the next hour. And a lot of people will say, well, why is that happening? there's so much news to report. Why are things repeating and repeating and repeating? Well, there's a cost to do news and there's a cost for content. So whether it's online, whether it's um, radio, TV, print, there's a cost to all that because there's the human component of it. And then there's the technology, there's the software, there's all that. So that 
that part is is a bit different. There always was, right? There always was a human component and there were always was technology. Only now there's a lot of pressure on media for cost containment. Okay. And there's a pressure on media for talent retention. So you've got a lot of factors that are causing media to be stretched and strained. So yeah. they need they need us and we need them. And I have I will say I have seen even in the the short time span that I've been working in in media relations, it used to be when a reporter showed up to do a story, they had potentially a producer with them, they had a cameraman and then they had them now it's one person and they show up, they yep. set up their own camera, they have their own sound, they're calling, they're doing everything for a lot of these remotes. So it almost feels like if you are asking the media to come and showcase whatever you're doing, you need to be, you need to have your stuff together because they are right. on a time crunch. They are doing it all themselves because then they have to go back and edit everything also. Right. So right. there's a lot of, it, there's a lot of preparedness on, on our end that needs to right. go into it first so that you're not wasting anybody's time. Well, and it also, the, the more prepared we as the sources are, whether, you know, we're an individual or we're a nonprofit organization or a corporation, the more prepared we are, the better it is for them to help us. Mm -hmm. Because if, if let's say uh, with Houston Pet Set, where you have the transports, right? Mm -hmm. So to the extent that you can either have your own video guy showing up and packaging the news for you and packaging the video. And then you shoot that out to stations, TV stations all over. If, if you can, that's great. But if you can't have your own videographer, what do you do? So what you can do is take your cell phone and turn it horizontally and snap pictures, snap videos, just a few seconds, then snap a few pictures, put it in Dropbox, send it out. That really helps a lot. And every time there's a press release, uh, one of the things that we're recommending to most of our clients is go ahead and add a Dropbox link right there in the press release. And then when you do that, it's a great tool for the media. It's already there. You've already got the pictures. You've got the video. You've got the captions. You've got the photo credits. And it makes it look like that reporter or that producer was at your event because you're making it so easy for them. And it also helps you control your narrative. You get to pick what footage right. they show. Anyone who has ever done an interview ever knows that they aren't always going to select the thing you are most proud of saying on camera. In fact, sometimes right. they take right. things you wish you hadn't said. So this enables you to to control the narrative. So you you're, you touched on, you know, transport is one of our programs and services. Um, because there is a 24-hour news cycle and because people are so, the, the media, members of the media are so busy, what... Are, what are the stories that we as advocates and rescues and shelters should be focusing on, should be pitching? What are they, what do, what does media want to show? What are they, what story are they telling? So, you know, often media will get criticized about only saying, talking about the negative. And, right. and, and yes, that does happen because you've got what's called breaking news, mm -hmm. you know, a, a crash, a house fire, a hurricane, a flood. Those, those are breaking news kinds of things. The good news is great too. And the good news, um, good news examples could be, gee, we are having a spay and neuter clinic and we are helping, you know, communities that may not be able to afford these services. 
and our goal is, let's just pick a number, something crazy high. Yeah. Our goal is to spay or neuter 500 animals in the month of September. You know what I mean? So big goals okay. tend to get attention. Um, let's say, you know, one, this just occurred to me today that one of the things that every one of our nonprofit partners can do is, is put out an appeal today. Like if we are really hoping that August is clear the shelter month, how can we do that? Well, maybe we can do that by encouraging this heightened awareness of fostering and adopting. So if all of us and all of your grant partners, like today, mm -hmm. if we said, would y'all please today and the every day in the month of August, do this campaign to help clear the shelters and let's recruit more foster parents. Let's recruit more adopters because we know how fatigued the current foster and adopter yes. people are, right? So that would be a cool campaign where we could all collectively create this groundswell, right? Like collectively, we could do this major campaign. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. It would be cool. And from a media perspective, you know, it, it sort of feels like they either love the the lone hero story or they love the huge movement stories. And so because yeah. we so many people, there was a story recently about, uh, you know, our, our friend Callie Clemens, who spent days crawling through sewers trying to rescue a couple of pups. So that was that lone hero story. But when you get the entire community of animal welfare partners together doing the same thing, that also feels newsworthy. Worthy. I like that idea. Um, so another question would be, you know, for someone who has never done anything in the media sphere, what are some just like basic media 101 tips and tricks for getting coverage, for fostering relationships with the media? So, so one of the first steps that I recommend to people is have your basic messages down. Like what that that's part one for everybody. What is, what is our mission? What's our vision? If we only had three important things to say to anybody, whether that's a, a, a reporter we might meet at a luncheon or whether it's a potential donor, what are those three things that we're going to say? This is what we do. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we benefit people and animals, right? So, so, so those go into the key messages. And so my suggestion for everyone is start with mission and your vision and your messages. Top three to five messages that if that's all you can say, that that's what you would say. The elevator so that's pitch. Part that, that's part one. Yeah. And then having that elevator pitch ready, if some, if you happen to be somewhere where there's a reporter and you mm -hmm. have that opportunity wearing your logo to be on screen to take it. Um, however, we've talked about this before. Not everybody from an organization can or should be on camera. So, you know, who, who are the people in the organization that should be spokespeople and what kind of training should there be? You know, if I'm if I'm an organization who's trying to get my name out there, how can I pr best prepare my team to be on camera or on the radio or whatever media opportunity has been presented? So this is a this is a really easy tip. Um, one of the best things that anyone can do is start watching news. No, what <laughs> start watching TV. 
yeah, start watching TV newscasts because a lot of people don't do that, right? Mm -hmm. So so let's say watch. Watch how um, a corporate executive answers questions, you know, on the business shows like CNBC or MSNBC. Mm -hmm. Watch how a nonprofit leader answers questions on a community affairs show, right? Those are some easy ways to just get started. Um, but the other way is to say, gee, if uh, to go part one, mm -hmm. um, who, right? Who, the who. So that should be the, a high level leader of the organization, either a, a, a president, a vice president, um, or the director of the board, the chair of the board, that, that high level person who is very knowledgeable that's one layer of spokesperson. Another can be the marketing or media relations lead. So that that's another uh, potential spokesperson. And then depending on what the event is, it could be a volunteer. Who's, who's your volunteer coordinator or who's your community affairs coordinator? You know, so depending on what is going on, right? You know, it could be that it's two people teaming up to be the spokesperson. Um, and then the other thing to prepare would be, hmm, if I'm going to go talk to CW39 or Fox 26 or the Houston Chronicle or the Buzz magazines, any one of those, mm -hmm. whoever is the target for the interview, it's important to know about that publication or media outlet. So not to go in unaware. So know your audience. No, no, yeah, know your medium, know mm -hmm. your medium. So if it's CW39, go ahead and scan some of the past interviews. Mm -hmm. If it's Fox 26, do the same. If it's the Buzz Magazine, go online, you know, and look at the digital, you know, or Valerie Sweeten with Hot on Houston Now, who's done a great job. You know, we have so many wonderful supporters out there, you know, but that's the thing is do a little homework mm -hmm. and understand what that medium is about. Yeah. And, you know, as far as preparing people, and I think we've even talked about it in some of our previous uh, conversations, practice truly makes perfect. And I think especially people from younger generations who are getting involved in the rescue world, we're, we're so used to taking our phones and this is how we're communicating. You know, we're holding our phones, we're talking to our friends. But that that's a different way than how we would speak if there's a news camera in front of us. And I will tell you, at a previous organization, we had a media training day where someone came in with a tripod and a full size news camera, microphone and threw questions at us and gave us yep. scenarios. And the difference I, I know for some of for folks and I, people younger than me, I won't age myself, um, were so had had not been around an actual fully handheld camera before because they're sort of obsolete other than in news and filmmaking to to younger yeah. folks. So having that big thing in their face, their eyes got wide and they were like, uh, uh, even if they knew exactly what they wanted to say. So right. ha having that kind of training feels silly. You know, you're you're talking to a camera that's not rolling or or whatever the case may be, but putting yourself in a situation that you've never been in before and practicing in front of it can make it way less intimidating when the real thing is happening. It was it was so funny just to see people like looking at the camera like, man, that's big because this is the camera that they're used to. 
It's a very different well, world. That's something we that that we have talked about together mm-hmm. is offering those kinds of media training workshops for your your grant partners. Yes, and um, Panino and Partners is more than happy to do that because the way we feel about it is if we can help one organization who helps hundreds of animals, then collectively we're helping thousands, yes. right? So, so if we can help, and and we offer these training sessions where it's, um, you know, p- part of it is how to work with the media, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the tips and tools to work with the media? Knowing who the media are is the first group, you know, who do you want to contact? And a lot of people will think, oh gosh, there's where do we start, right? But my suggestion is always start in your backyard. Mm. Start start with the media closest to you. Start with even some of the community newsletters or next door, for example. Mm. You know, start start local and then branch out from there. And then what what can really be helpful is, you know, asking yourself questions or putting together a list of questions that you're the FAQs. What are we likely to get asked anytime? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that that helps. And then we talked about this, I believe, in the crisis discussion is do some scenario planning. Mm-hmm. So here's here's here are our messages. Here are our key messages if we're doing a transport. Here are our key messages if we're doing a foster and adoption volunteer recruitment drive. Here are our messages for spay neuter clinics. Here's our mess our message for, you know going and collecting animals, you know, in the corridor of cruelty, right? Right. So whatever those programs are, maybe that each rescue group stands for, or like in your case, you've got the gala coming up, mm-hmm. right? So what are the messages for the gala? How much do we want to raise? Where will the money go? Um, who are the key supporters? Right. You know, um, when will you distribute the funds? How, what's the fundraising goal, right? So that every major event also has its set of messages. And that makes it easier too. And so many of us are used to the ease of sharing all of this on social media. And that is a monster audience. But again, not everybody has social media. Um, but something that we have found is that when we share the story... <laughs> On, it's okay. Want to be part of the interview? When we share the story, sorry, that's a, it's look. That's that's the joy of working with animals. Guest appearance by Romeo. Hi, Romeo. Um, so much of what happens is we share these stories out on social media, and the reporters are trolling these pages looking for stories. And so that's one reason. Going way back to earlier conversations we've had, it's so important to present yourself well on social media because the news is there, they're watching. But then a lot of times what happens is you share a story and that's, that's your version of a press release and you get contacted by a reporter that says, who can I speak to about this? So once somebody, or, or if you've put out a press release, once somebody is interested in doing a story, what should your organization know before agreeing to conduct this media interview? What are the questions you should be asking of the reporter going into it? Um, one of the best things, so let's say if it's, um, let's talk about broadcast versus print or online, mm, right? Okay. So, so with broadcast, it's important to know, is this interview, um, just for background 
are you know or or are you planning to air a story okay right so that's that's the important first thing and then then you know oh well if it's just background i'm a background interview could potentially lead to a story but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually going to show up at a certain date or time. Okay. Um, also, it's important to know if an interview is live or recorded. Right. Because if it's live, we could say, hey, FYI, we're going to be on, you know, TV tonight or we're going to be on KPRC. Tune in at 7 a.m. or 7.30 a.m. and please watch us. Right. So, so you could promote that if you know it's live. If it's recorded, often if it's recorded, you'll still get an air date. You can still ask, hey, when when is this going to air? Or when mm -hmm. is this going to post? When is it going to publish? And again, you have an opportunity to communicate that. So that's really good. Um, I will say, too, here's a tip for everyone. If, if anyone is working on a live interview situation, and let's say it's an in-studio interview, and we all know that driving around the greater Houston area can be quite the challenge. <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> Especially when yeah. you have an exact time you have to be somewhere. It, yes. So a few parts to that. Be sure you allow yourself a time cushion because we all know about traffic delays, construction delays, all those kinds of things. But here's another tip. Make sure you get the cell phone number yes. of the reporter or the producer, because if you get stuck and you have a live interview, you want to be able to call them in advance and say, hey, I am trying my best to get there, but I am stuck. And then that gives them the opportunity to move some other things around in their broadcast. Yeah. And in some cases, it may cause a cancellation if you have a problem. So, so my suggestion is always add extra time. I mean, you're better off if you even have to sit in the parking lot for a bit and make calls, right? Mm -hmm. Then then to make yourself stressed out about getting there. The other thing that's important to know is that even if there is a scheduled interview, and we all know how this goes, it can get bumped. Mm -hmm. And the reason it can get bumped is because of breaking news or something else that happened. Um, on the print side, you know, print is often a lot easier in the sense that you can say, hmm, you know, do you want to send me some questions in advance? If so, I can maybe email you those answers or, um, you know, do you want me only to answer these questions for you? So I think, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you can also yeah, you might have a little bit more leeway in, in print than you do in broadcast. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I know with, you know, with a lot of these opportunities, especially in the animal welfare world, um, most reporters, let's be honest, come in with an angle. Um, and sometimes it's, it's okay to ask, you know, what are we, what are you trying to accomplish with this story? Um, to make sure number one, that what you say is relevant and has a better chance of making it in. But number two, sometimes if you are not aligned necessarily as an organization with the angle that they're going for, it's okay to decline an interview. You know, we don't, we don't ever want to be part of a hit piece. We don't ever want to be associated with certain types of, you know, muckraking and, and journalism that's going right. to plant us in the middle of a controversy. So it's okay to say no 
if you don't think that the the story serves your mission or your clientele. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, I mean, that's a good point, Lisa. So one thing that um, you say is, hey, you know, I just want to confirm this is my understanding that the topic is mm -hmm. X. Um, is that correct? I just want to confirm that that's what you want to talk about today. Now, if the reporter says, yes, absolutely, you can say, that's really great. I also want to make sure I tell you about this other thing we're doing, yes. right? So so it's important to be able to squeeze in mm -hmm. another message if you can or plant a seed for a future thing. Like, oh, well, gee, if you need a regular source, come back to us. If yeah. you need, right, if you need a regular source, come back to us. We're always willing to help you. Or, gee, if you're open to other ideas, we'd love to come back to you with some other story ideas or other, other event ideas. Um, that's always helpful. Mm -hmm. but, but to your point, if, if a declining situation happens, you know, often I've had to do that. It's like, Hey, we'd love to help you. We're just not the right source for this topic. Right. Um, however, John Smith rescue over mm -hmm. there. They can help you. Yep. We're, we're not the appropriate source for this, but that one is, and gee, we know the director very well. And, you know, he would love to chat with you. So, Here's that phone number. Yes. Continuing to be helpful keeps that relationship intact where even if yeah. you had to decline an interview, sure. you were still helpful enough to the reporter, the journalist, that they know they can come back to you with further questions. And I will say, every, I think every interview I have ever done, even if it was on a very specific topic, the last question that reporter has asked me is, is there anything else you want to say that I didn't cover yeah. in this interview? And sometimes I've got it like, yeah, I want to say this. Sometimes I forget. And I'm like, uh, so, so that's a really good thing to have prepared. Just like you said, in kind of in your back pocket to plant a seed for the next thing, because that's an opportunity to talk about something you might not have had previously. Correct. And, and the thing too, that is good is, you know, to follow up, right? Mm -hmm. If there is an interview, Hey, thank you so much for this interview. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. You know, Oh, I, 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 forgot to mention XYZ. So if there's something really important that you forget to say, it, it doesn't hurt to send a follow-up mm -hmm. email or text message or voice message and say, hey, just one more thing that I remembered. If 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 you have time to work it in, please do. If you don't, I understand. Mm -hmm. And I, I also, you know, to that same end, I have facilitated interviews where it wasn't me doing the actual interview. It was someone that I had set up and they said something that we really didn't want them to say. It just, it was off topic and it was, it came off kind of weird. And I sent a text message as soon as it was over to that reporter. And I said, Hey, this wasn't scripted. And they went a little off script. Is there any way that you can take this line out. And I said, you know, repeated what the, the interviewee had said. And they yeah. said, sure, no problem. They don't, you know, 99% of the time, they're not out for a gotcha moment. They are willing to work with you to make sure that their story works, but also that you are represented in your best light. And it was a moment of panic, but I, you know, I reached out to them and they were totally gracious about it and said, absolutely. And they cut that line out and the interview was perfect. And I could go on about my day and not have to worry about my job. Because <laughs> there's always that. 
Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. So yeah. so once that interview has come out, you know, other than following up and thanking and, you know, if there's anything that needs additional information, what else should we do once the, the media interview is over? What are, you know, obviously you want to share on your social media, maybe send an email out to your networks with the video. What What can we do to make sure that that interview has the greatest impact? Well, and it's also nice to tag you know, that reporter yes. or tag that media outlet and, you know, you know, Freddie Cruz with his podcast, you know, Freddie is always so gracious with his time and, and he loves the animals. So he's wonderful. And, you know, to, to give shout outs to people who are always willing to help us. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really good. Um, the other thing that you can do, I mean, I just mentioned this to one of our clients. It's like, you can actually take your press release you know, let's say if you have a press release, you can email it out, you know, through your database mm-hmm. and say, hey, here's our press release. We sent this press release to a thousand media contacts in the U.S., but we wanted you to see it, too. Um, it's also nice to have a section on your website, yes. you know, that shows coverage, you know, or in the news. Um, that's really good to have, too. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you may be able to take, let's say if you have a blog, if you do a blog, you may be able to say, well, you know, our, we're doing this major campaign on recruiting more foster and adoptive parents, right? So pet parents. So, you know, here and, and in this blog, here's a little clip from an interview we did about that. So you can cross connect on those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So and, and I think the big takeaway there is recognizing that no single medium is going to reach your entire audience. So, you know, a news story that airs on the 10 o'clock news will reach a specific audience. So taking that link, because usually whatever, they'll they'll clip the story, they'll put it on their social media. So sharing the social media story. If you can, if there's a YouTube video, putting that in your newsletter and disseminating that and then linking it on your website. So basically you're ensuring that every person that you touch in any way, shape or form via the digital divide is getting access to this one story. So your your whole audience knows the good work that you're doing without, you know, one story can reach all those people. Well, and one one tip, too, that is helpful. So let's say let's just pick 10, you know, 10 media outlets mm-hmm. that 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 an organization cares about. My suggestion would be start liking and following that particular that particular group mm-hmm. of media. Sign up for their e-news, right? Sign up for their daily um, updates, you know, log on to their apps. So. If, if that's we have we have this giant media database, as you know, Lisa, mm-hmm. you know, where we can do keyword searches. And if any of the rescue groups need help with that, they can call us and we can they can say, hey, we are trying to find X, Y, Z reporter in whatever location. Mm-hmm. Right. Or we're we're looking for, you know, um, people in the news who are talking about animal abuse and neglect. We can actually do those kinds of searches and find out who's covering that. Yeah. Um, so that's really important to really watch who, who is out there. You can set up Google alerts, right. Yes. To, to help monitor these stories. And so that we know who these reporters are and yeah. who these producers. And we know from experience that sending out 
a mass media alert or a press release will sometimes strike a chord and hit people we didn't think that we were necessarily going to hit, but oftentimes for the best and most you know, guaranteed as much as it can be guaranteed coverage, reaching out to your friends in the media who have consistently shown up and covered you in the past. Everybody knows those few reporters here in Houston who are unbelievably plugged into the animal welfare scene. You know, the Randy Wallace, Zach Lashway, Lisa Hernandez, these people who are passionate about it themselves. If you have a story that you need help with, sometimes making that personal reach out even on social media is more effective than blasting that press release. Um, so being able to foster both kinds of relationships. Yeah. And, and um, you know, you've got people like Sharon Melton and Casey yes. Curry and yes. people who will just bend over backwards, you know. For, and Deborah Duncan. How can we and forget Deborah? Yeah. You know, um, Lara Bell. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many who are just really great advocates for the animals. And, but but there's always more, right? Mm-hmm. There's always more. And so what what is good to do is just start paying attention. Like mm-hmm. I said, start paying attention. Who who is out there, you know, with with their dog in their picture, you know, with their with their media pic, their media photo, right? I, I know Houston Pet Talk magazine does an annual media issue. Yes. You know, people in the media. So um, Michelle Mantor does that. And my suggestion is don't be afraid, you know, like don't be afraid to build a new relationship. So one of the things that I do with people I don't know, but I need to know is I'm the friendly pass. Oh, gee, I'll call, I'll email, I'll do a LinkedIn connect request. I'll do a LinkedIn message. I mean, I'm not ridiculous, but <laughs> there are but, limits. <laughs> there are limits, but but it's if you really need to get to know somebody, there's also something I believe it's free that everyone could look at, and it's called Help a Reporter Help a Reporter Out. It's called Harrow, and what every day Harrow issues a list of topics, and that comes it's anywhere in the in the country, and you can respond respond to these inquiries. And believe it or not, sometimes your response gets published. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I helped one of our clients and it turned out that this person couldn't have been a better contact for us. And it was just something that came up in this helper reporter out list of queries. So we responded, turned out, I mean, we had no idea this reporter was in Austin. We had no idea. Convenient. I tracked her down. I researched, you know, who she was, and it turns out she was directly the right person, you know, for a client, not just for that one story, but, you know, it's for a career college, right? Mm. So it's Universal Technical Institute Career School, and it turns out this lady has a son who's interested in going to career school, and they live in Austin where there is a campus. So perfect. It all yeah, it all worked could, together. But we couldn't have planned it that way, right? right? It just was very serendipitous. And yes. sometimes it works out like that. And so, you know, we, with all our best intentions, sometimes we just have to rely a little bit on luck, <laughs> a little bit on the right eyeballs, seeing the right story. Um, yeah. This has been super helpful. And I know we have talked previously, we're, we're going to put together a media training um, for our grant recipients and for our rescue partners. And the goal is to do that a little bit later this fall. 
Um, for sure, one of the things that we barely even touched on, which we will certainly want to talk about, is putting together materials like a press release, like a, a press kit, media alert. Um, I know, you know, Google can be your friend. They have formats that you can download and work off of. But really, the best thing to do is practice and have a practiced set of eyes look over your work. So I know for sure that's something people will definitely want some guidance on. So we're going to make a mental note to include that in our training. Um, well. And remind me, Lisa, when we do that, to to talk about the starter kit. That's what yes. we call the starter kit. The okay. fact sheet, the press release template, Q&A, fact sheet, you know, all that stuff. So remind me when we do that training. That know, we'll cover that. We, mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's going to be so helpful for our partners. Laura, as always, an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I learned something. Yeah. I hope that our partners have taken something beneficial from this conversation and we will for sure continue it in person at our training coming this fall. So everybody stay tuned to our social media. That's where we'll announce it. And we'll also send some emails out. Um, and, and be sure to check out Panino, Panino and Partners. You all are so wonderful to the people in this industry and offer so many resources that people would pay top dollar for. So thank you for your generosity. Well, happy to do it, Lisa. And I just thought of something else um, that I'd be happy to talk about with many people. Um, you know, there's a fear of fostering, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are afraid to foster. They're afraid that they'll fall in love with every animal. And <laughs> And I, and, I, and I know, you know, we do, but the way I, I help people to think about it is every nurse doesn't take home every baby from true. the delivery room. Absolutely. And true. every teacher doesn't take home every child. But while that child is there in school or while that baby is in the nursery at the hospital, it is, you care for that baby or that little pupil with all your heart and soul. And then you go, okay, next. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's the way I see fostering is as we are there to provide a safety net and to get the animal to the next step. And I'd be happy to talk to people about that because Amazing. it is hard, but, but if we, but if we do it and have that heart of, Hey, we're helping for a few hours or a few days or a few months. And then that animal moves forward. And then, then we have space to help more. Yeah. So, Happy to talk about it. Absolutely. And everybody who just heard that little way to, to phrase that, that's a really good way to recruit fosters. That was perfect. Thank you. Um, so thank you again. This has been informative and helpful. And uh, thank you for tuning in for Conversations for the Animals. This is Lisa Tynan, and we will see you next time. Bye.